0: I don't have enough arcane power. Where am I needed? I need fury, not enough hatred. Resupply here! Spawn more overwires. They're taking the point! I can't for Yes!
1: Victory! Greetings, friends and fellow gamers. Welcome to this episode of Not Enough Resources, a bi-weekly gaming podcast hosted here on roguesportal.com. My name is Ryan... I am joined this week by my co-host, Dylan. Dylan, how are you doing?
0: Another week in paradise, man.
1: Perfect, perfect. Glad to hear. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at N-E-R podcast. That's Not Enough Resources Podcast. We try and circulate some uh, newsworthy stuff from other gaming websites because they pick up a lot more than we do, being such a small organization. But that doesn't mean that we're not passionate about play. So I have one particular question for you, Dylan, what have you been playing? What's, what's now playing for you?
0: Uh, so I'm continuing my league of legends, uh, climbing struggle as well as some smatterings of hearthstone and some world of Warcraft. Um, though world of Warcraft grind is usually just me working on getting flying while watching a movie. So I wouldn't really count that. Um, but uh yeah uh still really enjoying um league state right now i know a lot of people don't like it but i've I've switched into playing top lane pretty much all the time and so it's really different um playing some beefier characters but uh the lane itself is a lot more fun and i feel like i always have influence on the game um regardless of of uh matchup circumstance so that's fun
1: Perfect. Perfect. And you were speaking briefly about like the state of the game is, is there anything that's kind of shaking things up right now?
0: Yes, yeah, so It's in flux. Champion, um, that's, it's kind of putting the game in flux as well as we just see, um, I think the game is, is finally starting to age balance wise to where, I mean, and we're also nearing the end of a season. And so like the major season changes that changed the state of like the game itself so like how much health minions and turrets have and how the jungle functions and things um we've finally gotten most of the champions i mean there's still a handful that are basically uh, non-existent um but most of the champions you can play them and if you're good at them probably have at least a 50% win rate on that champion if not better um the 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 champions that are considered strong aren't aren't like a must pick or you are hurting your team, which is good. Um, and then, and then that's even with Ornn having coming out and then the champion that came out right before Ornn, um, uh, the Urgot rework, if you count that, and then like has all happened within the last month, two months. And we're not seeing the game doesn't feel like, Oh, I can only play this champion or I'm going to lose. Or if this champion's not banned, it's a must-pick. So. Yeah.
1: No, that's that's actually really good. Um, especially considering the longevity of League of Legends and how long it's been around. To finally have it tuned to the point where you don't feel punished for not playing what the meta dictates is always yeah. a good thing.
0: Yeah. I, uh, one thing that I've always... Um, enjoyed about, like, Dota as a game is you only have to patch it every three to six months, um, and usually the patches revolve around just wanting strategy, like, wanting to make different strategies available, um, not around, like, like, oh, we need to nerf all these champions because they're the only ones seeing play anymore. So it just, it feels like there's lots of win conditions for every game depending on what champions you pick, and that's kind of, um, come back to League now as well. Uh, and, and and there's some item diversity, which has always been a huge problem for, for the game itself um, compared to, to Dota, kind of the original MOBA, not kind of, the original MOBA, um, where uh, Venomancer, for example, is a character that you could play in lots of different ways depending on how you bought items, where League has always kind of been like, okay, you're an AD carry, you need to buy... Uh, Infinity Edge and a Phantom Dancer and and then go from there it, it seems like there's actually some item diversity and you can buy items specifically for the team you're playing against which is nice
1: yeah that was always something that I uh, struggled with in the original Dota was getting pigeonholed into I'm playing this character with these items so I'm sticking to this specific build I didn't feel there was enough variety in there um, which is part of the reason I feel that, uh, I gravitated a lot towards heroes of the storm because there's no item mechanic. It's just strictly based on talent picks.
0: It's yeah, it's strictly the, it's the hero mechanic. And then, uh, hots has evolved to where there are some, you can change your, your talents depending on what you're up against or the synergy with another hero on your team. And I just think that's healthy for that kind of game.
1: Perfect, perfect. Well, um, I'm glad that you're getting back into that. It's always great to be able to participate in these monolithic franchises like uh, League of Legends and Overwatch and things like that. Um, for me, I've been playing uh this game called Phantom Trigger for review. Um, the review should be going up on Friday, so by the time this podcast goes out, the review will been up. Uh, would have been up. Uh, all day, and it's a it's a top down beat 'em up brawler. Kind of reminds me of like a stripped down version of Diablo. Um, there's no items or anything like that. Uh, you just get you know your three basic attacks. Um, you have like a sword attack, a whip attack that's ranged a bit, and then like a heavy fist attack. So stringing all of these together feels really good. The thing that's really great about this game though is its sound design. Um every time you do an attack in sequence, it plays a certain note just at a different pitch depending on what weapon you're using. So, as you're doing your combos, it follows like a sequence of like a little like almost like a ringtone. Like it's not it's not like a 4 minute long song that you have to like keep pace to, but like, you know, it's like a it's a little 15 to 20 second beat and as long as you are you know, mixing your attacks right and things like that, you, you start to develop a cadence in the way you battle, which is really cool. Um, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, the one thing I will say that's a little uh, disheartening is the difficulty on it. Um, I'm play, I was playing through on normal mode for review, and it was okay on keyboard and mouse and it was just really hard to maneuver the character and keep your combos up and things like that but as soon as i plugged in my controller and was playing on a controller everything just kind of like clicked into place so it really depends on on how you approach the game whether I I don't want to say whether or not you'll get enjoyment out of it. You you can obviously get an enjoyment out of it using standard PC controls, but it it plays much better using a standard controller. And there's a lot to be said there. They kind of have like this dual storyline, where uh the main character uh just gets diagnosed with something. I'm not gonna spoil, but uh, he gets diagnosed with something and faints and then wakes up in this like weird fantasy world. And it's like super pixelated and all of the colors are really bright and vibrant. And you're kind of like interweaving this fight in this guy's mind versus this diagnosis that he's getting in the real world. And like it jumps in between the two. So like, you'll do like four or five combat sections through like this dungeon and then as soon as you're done with the dungeon, you'll get like a little interlude, um, like in like a doctor's office. And the character's wife will be explaining like, oh, do we need to try this experimental surgery or do we need to, you know, is there medication we can take? So they, it's kind of got like this dual parallel story where you're playing as this guy kind of grasping for life, but in this very hyper-realistic Imagined world, and like all of the enemies are like really weird designs. Some of them look like just like tumors that kind of like pulsate and uh like s- slam the ground in front of them, whereas some of them look like like heart rate monitors, and like as it would like normally make like the heart rate like spike, you know, like where it goes like beep, 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 like all of their attacks are timed to that. So, like yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, it's an indie game so it's not very expensive. It's a pretty quick play uh, but it's called Phantom Trigger um, and it's on Steam so I, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, and you know if if your interest is kind of piked, uh, definitely check out my review as well because uh, that'll be live by the time this publishes. Sweet, sweet. All right. Well, let's move on to news. Um, there's not a lot going on um, this week. There was the GameStop managers conference, which announced a small amount of new games. And then Nintendo had a uh, like a video role that ran on their YouTube site that announced a bunch of indie games for the switch um, the big one, of course, was the uh, the revival of No More Heroes, which is a ridiculous game for the Wii. There's two of them on the Wii. I highly recommend checking them out. Um, it's about like a Japanese otaku obsessed guy with a lightsaber and a motorbike. <laughs> it's 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 really cool. If like we'll we'll talk about No More Heroes when it comes out but uh, it's made by Suda 51 who is kind of got this uh, this aura of being an artiste you know he wants he wants to push gaming in a direction that might make you uncomfortable but also has something to say so to see him back in the saddle um, is just really really cool um, but other than that the big one that everybody's making a fuss about is Capcom is doing a cartridge re-release of Street Fighter 2 for the Super Nintendo
0: <sighs> Hipsters
1: Yeah? What, what do you mean hipsters?
0: <laughs> oh uh, Well, I mean Why? Why?
1: <laughs> yeah I mean, it, it comes off almost like you know, oh, vinyl records is so cool, man. Look at my sweet vinyl collection. I and mean, what I think is really interesting about this is this is a third party, right? This is Capcom. This isn't Nintendo. Yeah. So, like, it's not like it's going to have this huge mainstream push from Nintendo. It's not going to have their backing. You know, Nintendo's not releasing Super Mario World or Earthbound or anything like that on this older cartridge based format. This is just Capcom.
0: Okay, but knowing Nintendo, like, I mean, if if this works even a l- little bit, then Nintendo will be like, "Hey, we don't we don't have to sell games that people will play. We can just put the cart- old cartridges out, and people will just buy them to have them."
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, especially if you look at um, the Super Nintendo Classic stuff, and yeah. like how that all unfolded, where you can't you can't pre-order them because. There's so much scarcity, and on top of all that, like, Amazon opened their pre-orders at, like, 3 a.m. in the morning on a Tuesday, so, like, if you weren't up at 3 a.m. with Insomnia, you didn't get one. Mm -hmm. You know, but, like, I think it's also very interesting that Capcom is doing that with Street Fighter, because Street Fighter is included in the Super Nintendo Classic. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, like, so is Mega Man X like that. That is like the only other Capcom game that I would put in that like same echelon from that that era, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Mega Man X, I think I think is one of the best games ever made. It might be the best platformer ever made, in my opinion. Um,
1: Ooh, them be fighting words. I mean, I,
0: I, them, them's fighting words, but I just no other game. Uh, well, that's not true. There are other games that do this, but um it introduces you to this first level, and there's no tutorial. But through playing the level, it is it is the tutorial. Um, it puts you in these situations where you feel like you're in danger, but you're you're really not. And just by hitting buttons and, and guessing, then you learn the the very rudimentary controls of Mega Man. And it's got multiple playthrough. Sorry, I'm going off topic here. Um, but it, I just I just don't. Understand um, the need for that, especially when I mean, and Street Fighter players might agree with me, but I, I'm a competitive guy, and so I want to play the newest Street Fighter that the newest Street Fighter that everybody agrees is is the version to play. Um, and yeah. So.
1: Like, this weird retro Street Fighter is not going to show up at EVO next year.
0: No, yeah, exactly. Like, nobody's going to be like, uh, oh, I got this new car- the cartridge for it. We're going to play it at EVO. Like, I don't... Like, will somebody do that? Yeah, probably. But it's not going to be, like, main stage or anything. So why? Why bother with it? Well,
1: I I get that. and But, like, I don't know. I think the most confusing aspect to me about all of this is that, um, the super Nintendo itself is like no longer in production. Right. So like, you're not even like, unless you've been holding on to your super Nintendo going, Oh man, one day Capcom is going to re-release street fighter Two, Like you're not even going to have the hardware to play this thing.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's like buying, I don't even know I thought I had a good Like metaphor here But I didn't Yeah
1: Sorry (laughs) Well to bring it back Full circle um, Yoshi's Island Is the best platformer Ever made Um, Not Mega Man X (laughs) It's Yoshi's Island Um, But uh, The other big news This week was um, There are uh, The legendary dogs From Pokemon Gold And Silver Are now available In Pokemon Go so um, that's that's a big deal for a lot of people. I know a lot of people kind of grew up on gold and silver. Some people see that as the one of the best sequels ever made.
0: I, I see gold and silver as being um, like the definitive best Pokemon games uh, for sure. Um, and best sequel ever made, I, I could agree with that like it it refined so many of the the little problems without like damaging the original and that's that's what i loved about those games and and i mean again 251 pokemon i i I had that memorized i still have that memorized yeah Um, well that's really like easy to do 650 700 whatever we're at now Ugh.
1: I think we're somewhere in the eight hundreds now. Um
0: broke eight hundred. I'm playing Sun and Moon, and I don't even know that. I just I see some Pokemon. and I'm like, oh, hey, that one's cool. He looks like a super wrestler, so I throw a pokeball at it.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, the big thing is uh, with these new releases on uh, Raikou, Intai, and Suicune uh, is that it's changing how you catch legendaries. Um,
0: oh, really? See, I didn't. I didn't read about that. I just knew that they were coming out. I thought it was still the raid system.
1: Uh, it is the raid system, but it works like it did in Gold and Silver. So these Pokemon are going to move from location to location to location. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: that's so good. That's I know.
1: So, I know.
0: Um, so cool and incredibly frustrating at the same time yeah so like so does that mean okay so if you have a group and you go to raid like a location and then you fail so it just it just
1: if you fail it runs away and it goes to a different location
0: oh that's so awesome
1: yeah so cool yeah so
0: what's the best legendary dog what's the uh,
1: um i mean my opinion Mm -hmm. uh rykow why because, uh, I don't know, I, I, I like the electric ones. Um, I like all of my Pokemon teams that I build. I build to be a little on the faster side. Um, and, you know, he just he stacks a lot of stuff really well. Uh, Polaris, pa, para, paralysis, sorry, I've been doing that for years. Paralysis is a lot easier to count on compared to things like burn status and freeze status. Yeah. Um, well, he has, I also uh, think he's got like the coolest design, because he looks like a saber tooth tiger.
0: He does look like a saber tooth tiger. I thought he was cool. Um, I was always... I was all about the sweet as a kid. Um, just because I couldn't figure out if that thing on its back was like a towel, or like it moved. I didn't... I don't know, I just liked it. I was like, that's cool.
1: Oh, like the, the tendrils?
0: It's a cool doge. No, 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 not the tendrils. The tendrils are tendrils, but... That weird big purple thing?
1: Oh, the mane. Yeah, the weird mane thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, cause it like floats up off of its back. So, um, in a lot of the pictures.
1: Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. That totally makes sense.
0: Yeah, I was like, this this dog has a towel wrapped around its neck. That's so cool. So yeah, I was I was a fan.
1: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that. Mechanic of them changing locations plays out, especially, like, with Pokemon Go, uh, specifically. Um, I know a couple times, like, since the Legendaries have been out, um, like, I will see a large amount of people playing. And, like, I'm just thinking of, like, that large amount of people and then them, like, moving and transplanting and, like, you know, like, like, the car... The car, uh, what are they called? The motorcades, like like motorcades, you know, like motorcades oh. of Pokemon players going from location to location to catch these dogs. Like
0: uh, there's I, enough traffic in Denver, just walk, please. It, yeah. If I catch you doing that, I'm gonna complain.
1: Yeah. So like, uh, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see how all of that plays out. Um, the Legendary Dogs are going to be available from September 30th until October 31st. So it's only one month. Um, there have been some of the next generation of Pokemon, Generation 3 Pokemon, um, found through data mining. So it's unknown when that's going to drop. But it'll be interesting to see if after October 31st they rotate back to the Legendary Birds and kind of, like, keep the Legendaries on rotation.
0: Yeah, see, I'm, I'm kind of wondering how they're going to do that because they seem pretty opposed to oh, you can never get that Pokemon again now. Um, but at the same time, like, is that... It, it feels easier to get the Legendaries... Um, than it should be to me. You um, think? Yeah.
1: I um, haven't gotten one. I've, I've tried a couple times, but I haven't gotten one.
0: See, and, and I, my the raids that I've gotten and done, I haven't failed any of them. So I have a, I have a Zapdos. Um, but, and I mean, on campus, I mean, I can check and look at a raid. I just haven't had time to walk over and do one. Um, I've almost always, like, there's a Lugia or an Articuno or something nearby, Um,
1: so do you think uh, do you think the solution to that is making the creatures more rare or making the battles harder
0: see I'm I think um, every time a group fails it should get harder Um, and that the location shouldn't change like for the dogs I'm all for it Um, but that's just because of the way that that worked in
1: and gold silver that it mirrors their mechanic yeah
0: it mirrors that mechanic but like like it would be cool if there was a different mechanic for for different legendaries and i'd like to see something like that um i'd either like to see like maybe it gets harder or maybe you can't try again um maybe each cuz they've been doing it what like 15 day increments or something um, uh i think I mean,
1: it's like 2 weeks so like 14 days something like that yeah
0: it is yeah like 2 weeks so so maybe you get to try to catch each legendary once during that 2 week period Yeah. Um, And otherwise you can't get it. But because they require groups of people, I understand why that like a lot of people would be opposed to that because it's hard to get groups of people about. But I also know that like World of Warcraft works. League of Legends 5 team works like group gaming is a thing. And so I think if you did that, then you're going to increase the social aspect of Pokemon Go. And I think that's healthy for it because I do really like the idea of, hey, you get to go walk around and be active, um,
1: hang out with of, your friends, hang like out
0: with your friends. You can you can talk while you're playing like most of the shortcomings for Pokemon Go for me is just like the fact that. My phone has to be like on while I'm playing, like I, if I got like a tech, like a text message in my pocket or, or it buzzed like while I was holding my phone and I could pick it up and open it and then the thing was there so that I can look around and experience the walk and talk to my friends at the same time. I think that would make the game infinitely better. But yeah, uh,
1: I agree. I, I, well, and I think the biggest problem with that has to do with the technology of smartphones and less Pokemon go because like right now, right? I'm recording this podcast. I have notepad open looking at the notes for the podcast i have the recording stream going i have our call going and i have a web browser open in the background but like with a phone you can only have like one thing open at once yeah and like i think i think there the technical limitations that are holding pokemon back there is nothing pokemon can do about that
0: well i guess i'm thinking about the fact that like on a road trip i can have my phone pl- i have my phone like the auxiliary cord in and i open the map and i put in my destination and then i open spotify and i hit or or slacker for my podcast and i hit play and then i lock my phone and my map voice command boss lady comes on and tells me what i need to turn um and so
1: oh
0: like if if it if there was something like that so like because it's still you can have the gps so it's actively on while you're moving
1: and it could Um, just be like i mean because it's me i would like it to be like professor oak you know and and he would just be like and he would just be like there's a Pikachu nearby. You don't have that yeah. in your Pokédex yet, you know. Yeah,
0: or or this this uh that's it's not the time to use that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like you're going too fast. This is not the time to use your car. The, yeah. The,
0: the Poke even if it was so simple like and again, that I'd much prefer it be Professor Oak, but even if it was the Pokédex like sound or the I mean all of the Pokémon have have a cry. That's a digitized sound that they make. If my phone made that noise and I like pulled it out, it's like, oh, sweet. There's a there's a Gligar 20 feet away. Let's start throwing pokeballs at it. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um. And then I'm not. And then again, I can't engage in walking around, walking up and down Tennyson and talking to my homies. So,
1: yeah, no, I, I get that. I get that. Hopefully we'll see what these changes bring uh with these new legendaries and that's the other thing is like these games are not static and locked anymore so these changes yeah. could happen you know
0: yeah yeah it can it can evolve but yeah. i still am, i mean i'm i'm all for the game don't uh, i i think it's so cool it's such a great idea i think it's um i mean as a little kid playing pokemon and during like the pokemon obsessed era
1: no oh, that's um, what you wanted you wanted real-life pokemon
0: i want a real-life pokemon like i was already like as a kid i was like i'm gonna engineer like little mechanical pokemon parks that you're gonna be able to go like run around in and play in um i'm gonna make like a real-life safari zone and now i mean it's a cell phone and and it's digitized but like that's still that's it's what i wanted um
1: yeah that's most of the battle.
0: Yeah, like and that's that's yeah. So we're we're already more than halfway there. The the only the next steps are like making it so that it's more friendly to to play while doing other things. So you don't have to like actively play Pokemon Go, I guess. Like you are always playing it instead of having to actively play it. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: No, I mean it does. It's it's all of those stupid free to play mechanics from like Farmville and stuff like that where it's like you set it for like, oh, this this objective is going to take like four hours to complete. And then you come back to your phone four hours later. You know, there there's still something happening in the game. You're just not watching that four hour timer tick down second by second. Tick
0: down second by second. Yeah. And then like and then from there is like having the actual battle mechanics that are on the Pokemon cartridge games accessible to everybody so that competitive pokemon is is everywhere that's, that's see me, that's what i want
1: i don't I know we'll about do that. that i well and i don't think they can either because like i think i think there's there's a certain amount of of charmed pokemon go because of how it takes the pokemon experience and it simplifies it so it's accessible. As soon as you start entering like, okay, well, now you have your Pokemon and you have to pick that Pokemon's four moves. And then, you know, you have to make sure that they have the right. um, What is it? Personality type, was it? Not IVs, the personalities.
0: People are already doing that. There's a Calci IV is an application that you open and then you open Pokemon Go. And then you, it makes a button that you can hit and it'll tell you the IVs of your Pokemon. And if they're in the like top percentage of that Pokemon.
1: See, that um, must be Android only because that they, stuff's not on iPhone.
0: It it, I, it might be. Um, I unfortunately have it. Somebody showed it to me and so I had to put it on my phone. Um, yeah.
1: Well, and like
0: I wish I didn't know because I was all for like I can just play Pokemon Go as a collector.
1: Um, yeah.
0: I can just try and complete a Pokédex, which is just that's equally as cool. But then you tell me as soon as you tell me there's more to it, then then I have a problem.
1: Yeah. So Pokemon Go is here to stay, which I know a lot of people were concerned with when the game first came out.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what it's been. Are we on two years now,
1: a uh, year and a half, year,
0: year and a half? Yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, not quite like a year and three months
0: and three months. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, and it, it's cool that they keep adding these new legendaries and uh, expanding the Pokédex is always good. So, it yeah. you know there's well, there, there's there's room the for it to grow. PG problem. Yeah. Well, and like the one thing I would like to see them implement honestly is um I would like to see them implement a better day night structure. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. because. It's like, here's all of the Pokemon from gold and silver, but it's, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon and here's a hoot hoot. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Like hoot hoot's a nighttime Pokemon. Yeah.
0: Spinnerack being everywhere during the day is a little bit frustrating um, because again, like it gold and silver refined blue and red. Yeah. Um, And part of that refinement was adding the day and night system yeah yeah and that that also like along the same lines as that is i also want to see the um i want to see like the if i'm in a national park or something i want to see them go through and make like certain areas where there might not be a lot of people but they are like actual parks yeah have unique pokemon or more pokemon or something um just because I, I always again, it's that frustrating thing of like, there's more Pokemon in Walmart than out at Stanley Lake in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, um, and that yeah. doesn't that doesn't make any sense. So.
1: Well, and there's there's also bigger problems with Pokemon Go as far as that whole like rural versus urban setting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Th- there's a lot of room for it to improve, but I like that. In addition to making improvements, they're also adding more stuff. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Speaking. Yeah. I, I, I,
1: go ahead
0: I was just to say it, it's a pretty new idea it it uses a lot of very new technology and even in the like the VR quote unquote if you even want to call it that where they put the Pokemon in your in your picture frame yeah um I mean even though like I mean the 3 d s has been doing that for a while to like see that on the phone um along with like the snapchat stuff like that's cool um and kind of gimmicky and most people don't use it but i get that there's it's a pretty new idea
1: yeah yeah well with all this talk for pokemon gold and pokemon silver um i do just want to remind everybody that on september 22nd both gold and silver will be released on the nintendo 3ds eShop for ten dollars a pop sweet so you know if if September was looking a little a little empty for you there's there's some nice cheap goodness there
0: and if you can find a copy for under a hundred dollars I highly suggest uh, soul silver and heart gold
1: yeah no those those it's are impossible. really good updates but yeah impossible to find for a reasonable price yeah all right so uh, let's move on to competitive corner I know you've got some big stuff to watch for league of legends
0: league of legends. We got the third place game this Saturday. Uh, I believe that's the second and then
1: for NALCS, right?
0: For NALCS. Yeah. Sorry for NALCS. We have the, uh, third place game between CLG and Dignitas, um, which will be, it'll be really cool. If Dignitas wins, uh, we'll see Dignitas in a top three position and it's been forever since that's happened. Um, I think even, like, since the LCS started, that's never happened. Um, And then uh, Immortals versus TSM. Um, So we have a big thing where, for the first time since the LCS has started, we've had a team other than uh, TSM, Cloud9, and... Like... I guess basically we'll have a new team go to Worlds, Um, like because we have we've had uh, teams other than that, but like like, Immortals is is guaranteed to go to Worlds at this point, and so they've never been before, and that's very cool to see new teams go to Worlds, um, especially when they've only been a franchise for a year now. So um, they're playing TSM in the final on August third.
1: Well, and to have a team that has never been to Worlds be there like that's a big deal. Yeah. It's it's a yeah. good deal for the sports because it shows that it's not dominated by these old this old guard, so to speak. You know,
0: yeah, the the old guard is kind of making way. And then we also it's also a great story for Immortals because the lineup for Immortals between January and now has significantly changed on more than one occasion, even halfway through their summer split. And now they are in the final for the NALCS against the kind of North American favorite team solo mid who has double lift back after not having him. He didn't play in the spring season at all. Um, then they have double lift biofrost, frost, Bjergsen, Svenskeren, and Hanser who played together all of last year. And then this summer split against um some import players Paul out there and smithy who were have moved around from a couple of different teams. Um, CLG, I think being the last team that they both played for. And then um, flame who was considered the best top laner in the world. in the first couple of seasons um, that he played, and this is five or six years ago um, coming in with Cody son and Olay who, whose names aren't huge. I mean, most people haven't heard of those guys. They've been around, but um, it's just it's exciting to see that they they're playing really well together. And um, the, from the games that I've watched, I think Immortals is one of the only teams in North America that none of the players look like the anchor, and and I mean that anchor not in like the positive relay running way, but in the pulling the ship down <laughs> kind of way. Yeah. Um, where I look at, I look at most of the other teams in North America have one or two players who, um, either play really inconsistent or, um, are being carried by the other four or other three in some cases. And you look at immortals and I, and I just, I don't see them playing that inconsistently. I don't see like, uh, like I won't say pole is the best mid laner, in NA. I wouldn't even say he's the b- third best mid laner in a but he does his job um, and I can say that for everybody on the team. And so they do they draft pretty well and their carries play carry roles and their non carries play non carry roles. And so I just don't see them. And, and somebody I mean, and it might not just not have been exploited from the games that I've seen, but they seem to just play well together. Um, and do that consistently compared to like CLG who does the, we play really well together, but they have some players that can't put a good game in every game. Like they either carry super hard or they fail miserably. Um, And that's how I kind of see who he play on that team. Uh, and then of course you have TSM where it's four people carrying Biofrost, especially this season. I used to think Biofrost, was pretty good i i no longer think that's true i don't know if it's a meta shift or if it's a um some sort of communication change or if he just hasn't been able to step up like we like i thought he would last year um after watching him play so uh but when you have probably like the best top laner second or third best jungler, the best mid laner and the best AD carry in North America. Your support, if your support is not um if he's fifth best, sixth best, you're still going to win a lot of games. So And it, it go ahead.
1: So that begs the question then, who do you think's going to win it all?
0: For NA LCS, I'm I'm rooting for Immortals. Um I think Immortals will win it uh three one i think it'll go to game four i think tsm will win game two
1: okay 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 Um, that's that's not bad
0: TSM will stop in game two i think immortals will win barely in game one i think immortals will stop or i'm sorry tsm will stop in game two and then i think three and four will be close but i don't think um the longer the game goes on, the more important that all of everybody on your team plays at the same level. And I've watched immortals do that to teams that have better players. Um, on more than one occasion.
1: Definitely. No, that makes sense. You want to make sure everybody's playing at the same level and it'll be very interesting to see how that all shapes out for NA and then worlds or what winter worlds,
0: um, hmm. let me see. World Championship. I is, believe oh, that was last year.
1: But it's it's like later in the year, though, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it'll be like it's October. Like, yeah, October, November ish. Sweet. Well, then we'll we'll keep tabs on that. Um, for the final bit in competitive corner, uh, Blizzard is moving full steam ahead for their competitive Overwatch League. But um, there seems to be uh, a couple of caveats here and there. Um, In a joint uh, filing to ESPN, uh, Blizzard is forcing teams to uh, name which city they're representing in the name of the team and they cannot use any already established logos or names. Yeah, so fair. so you can't you can't the new the new league like can't have the Los Angeles Immortals cuz Immortals is an already established esports team. Uh you were just talking about them for League of Legends, you know, Cloud9, also really big um in the esports world in general, Cloud9 uh even drafts like Rocket League play players and stuff like that, but you can't be associated with any established brand from esports with your Overwatch team. Um, I I don't I'm still on the fence on how I feel about this. I think on one hand it's really smart because I think it gives a certain amount of like purchased loyalty, so to speak. Like, you know, See, I'm you, not you
0: on the fence. I think it's stupid.
1: Well, like, here's the thing though: was like, we live in Denver, right? Yeah. So if somebody says, Oh, where do you live? And you go Denver, they'll automatically go, Oh, okay. They'll uh, automatically associate you with the Denver Broncos, the Colorado Avalanche, the Denver Nuggets, and the Colorado Rockies just like right off the top of their head. Right? Because the name and location of those teams are, are built into the team names, you know, Yes. when yes. people say the Broncos, everybody automatically puts Denver in their head. So it creates yes. like this, this synergy between the city and the team, right? Like anybody yes. who's like, Oh man, I'm going to travel to Denver. Like the first thing they see when they get out of our airport is a giant blue demon horse. That's painted blue and orange that looks like the Bronco. So, like, I understand it from, like, a branding. Oh, that statue's so great, though. (laughs) I understand understand where they're coming from as far as, like, a branding thing goes. But I don't know if cutting out all of this foundational work that these esports organizations have already put in, it kind of feels like a kick to the nads to me. From
0: Blizzard, it if, and it does for people who, who maybe like esports. There are a lot of people, and I read about them all the time, who have kind of stopped playing video games, like they would rather watch other people play them. And if I'm a, a League of Legends like person who only watches League, and it's Cloud Nine is my team, and I don't, and I'm in Denver, and I'm not going to get an Overwatch League team then cloud nine would have been the team that I automatically rooted for anytime I watched overwatch. And so like now I have to either look at because who, which what city is cloud nine going to represent?
1: I think they're one of the LA teams or no cloud nine is London. Cloud nine is London. Uh, Immortals is one of the LA teams.
0: One of the LA teams. So now is immortals. Yeah. Do I, do I make a regional choice or do I make the choice based on like this other team that I've been rooting for? Um, And especially with, so like in Europe, I mean, Paris Saint Germain owns a league team. Like there are, there are professional soccer teams that own League of Legends teams, so they can't name them after that. They have to become like if they if they invested, obviously they become Paris, uh, Paris. Uh, I don't want to say frogs, but that was the first thing that came up.
1: Well, yeah, no, it's like you're you're gonna see all of these like serious brands that have put a ton of money into the startup and the foundations laid of esports, all of a sudden become, you know. The Dallas Cowboys or, or you know, something yeah. akin, akin to that. Not necessarily it, the Cowboys, but, you know. Again,
0: like anybody that's been watching eSports, like let's say you're a Counter-Strike person that also plays Overwatch and you're excited for Overwatch League. Then like e- Fanatics, Lemon Dogs, uh, Immortals, Cloud9, CLG, TSM, like all of these uh, ex- Dignitas exist. And so it's easy to follow over and you understand who management is. Like, Jack Jack uh, Etienne is the owner of Cloud9, right? Yeah. I know part of the reason I like Cloud9 is because I like the way that he's treated his players since the beginning. I like the way that he's, he's added on coaching staff and support as far as, like, they eat good food and he makes them exercise. He partnered with Red Bull, where they had to do this workout with Red Bull trainers, um, just like Red Bull's other athletes do. Um, And I think that's exciting and good for eSports. And you're taking that, that recognizability away from the team by doing that.
1: Yeah. But what about, and and see, here's the other thing that I, I keep thinking about with this announcement is it's not about us. And by us, I mean me and you and people who listen to this podcast and gaming enthusiasts, Right. Because Because we're going to watch it anyway. Because we're going to watch it anyway. But, you know, Joe Schmo in Los Angeles, who knows about Overwatch, but isn't really involved in it from a competitive sense, doesn't watch. You know, their kid plays it every while. If they if they see, oh, man, Los Angeles has an Overwatch team. I'm from Los Angeles. I'm going to root for them.
0: Yeah, and I guess uh, for me and you, then again, we don't have... I I mean, uh, hopefully like one day Denver will get a major esports team like that, and one day esports will have the money to fly people all over the world, and so we'll have these regional-bound teams. I don't think we're there yet, and I don't think... I don't think we're ready for the push, and it could kill the league. Um, but also, like, who 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 should I root for? Yeah. Should I root for LA? Like
1: Well, and know, it's like Shanghai has mean, a team, Seoul has a team, London has a team. Yeah, right?
0: I, I'm twitching right now from saying, should I root for LA? Because the first thing that pops into my head is, oh, oh am I a Lakers fan now too? Like, no. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to be associated with the Lakers.
1: Well, and it's like I mean I'm a Broncos fan. I've been a Broncos fan since I was, like, six. Like, always, always a Broncos fan. I will tell you right away, whichever team Robert Kraft is sponsoring, he's the guy who owns the Patriots, I'm rooting against them because I hate the Patriots. Yeah,
0: well, that's that's the other thing. I hate the Patriots because I'm a Broncos fan. <laughs> like
1: yeah, so I'm I, automatically I, I, hating this new team in this new sport. I already want them to lose. I don't even know who's Robert, on their roster. I, yeah,
0: I don't care. I want them to lose because it's Robert Kraft. Yeah I, I, I was born okay so I was born and raised in Oklahoma um and, and those of you that know me know this and so I was a Broncos fan because my grandpa uh, was lived in Denver for a while and so he was a Broncos fan. For baseball, I'm a Chicago's Cub fan because my great grandpa immigrated to Chicago and brought his Chicago Cubs fandom with him when he moved from Chicago down into Colgate, Oklahoma. Um, Like. I had those are great reasons to for fandom, in my opinion.
1: Well, yeah, because I mean, it, it you know, you you represent and you bond with your family over that stuff. Like, stuff, right yeah. for but for baseball
0: people in Oklahoma are naturally like cowboys fans uh, or, yeah which is gross, but I understand it's they're four hours away from Oklahoma City. I get it. Yeah like I have no
1: Well, it's like I'll always be an Atlanta Braves fan because when I was growing up, we lived in Atlanta for two years, and one summer we went to 26 games in one summer. Yeah. And like it was it was me and my two brothers and my mom and my dad. And we were all happy and having a good time and, you know, doing really racist things because, you know, the Braves and all of that. Like, I will take all of that. Right. Even like this weird cultural appropriation because i'm not attached to the braves i'm attached to all of the memories that the braves gave me
0: yeah exactly and that's i made a decision a few years ago because i mean i've been playing league of legends since season one i followed the competitive competitive scene since its beginning and so i rooted for the uh I rooted for players who played, like, champions that I liked and in styles that I liked. And as the game evolved, then I decided, okay, I need to choose a team. I like the way Jack runs the team. I've always rooted for, like, High as a player. I've always really liked the way that he played the game. Um, Sneaky and Medioses or Memeos and Sneaky the Meme Master, their streams have always been really funny and popular and fun to watch. They picked up Rush, who picked up the meme culture from the rest of the team in his funny little Korean way. And, and so I was like, okay, I'm a cloud nine fan now. Mm-hmm. And, and have just decided that that's who I'm going to root for. Uh, SKT, I'm an SKT fan, not because they're the best in the world. Um, but because I was in South Korea during the world final that they won. Um, yeah. And I had friends who were rooting for them to win it because they represented South Korea And they were playing against China and they didn't want China to win because it's a a national nationality thing for them. Yeah. Um, And that was cool. It was a cool experience, just like the Braves thing that you're talking about. How how do I pick in Overwatch where I might not be a hardcore player or or, but I'm a fan of esports in general? So I'm going to root for London, I guess. And they're going to be playing whatever. I can't watch them for their home games because of time changes like
1: well, and like, I don't know, it's really interesting when you bring into that like you root for what's familiar and you root for stuff that you're drawn to. Yeah. Like whenever I watch competitive Star StarCraft 2 or Brood War, just competitive StarCraft in general, yeah. I'm always rooting for the Zerg player. Yeah, honestly, I do I bit. I do not care about You know standings. I do not care about. Oh man, this is Protoss versus Zerg, and this Protoss player is like the best in the world. The Protoss player is probably going to win. I'm still rooting for the Zerg player because I play Zerg.
0: Exactly, and that's well, and that's the other cool thing about like this or like. uh,
1: But I think Des
0: Bryant. I root for Des Bryant even though I hate the Cowboys because Des Bryant played at Oklahoma State.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, and then like the thing is is like with Overwatch, right? Like maybe part of the problem with Overwatch is like the game distance distances viewers and players from familiarity because the game is built on team composition and switching. So like uh-huh. I can't I can't go I'm a Zenyatta main. I'm rooting for whoever's playing Zenyatta. Because Zenyatta might not get played at all. Yeah, and like if there the is a Zenyatta, Zenyatta...
0: for four minutes and yeah. then we'll switch to Mercy.
1: Or, you know, there's a Zenyatta on both teams. Uh-huh. Like yeah. there there's there's no easy way for me as a player to make a snap decision to connect to another player or team.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's probably why I've never been able to get into um Counter Strike teams is how do I choose which team to root for, unless I am familiar with the brand?
1: Yeah, and by by erasing the brand with this Overwatch League stuff, how are we supposed to make those connections? How are we supposed to know who to root for? Like, yeah, I am not saying that you know we should be rooting. For people, because a corporation tells us to, but like I think by removing those brands, it's harder for viewers to make that connection because those yeah. brands already have like an established history throughout esports as a whole.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's uh, like, and, and, and like another great example of that familiarity. So, two teams that I might not like care about. So, like, Dignitas is playing against CLG. Yeah, Dignitas picks a champion that I like a lot. I'm rooting for that them to win that that game Um, because they're using a champion that I'm familiar with, and it's uh, instant recognition. And I'm never because and and that's the thing is in the early Overwatch days, then it felt like you could be a Roadhog main. Like there were characters that you could just like I'm really good at Roadhog, and I only play Roadhog, and I don't think that that works in competitive at all for that game i think you have to look at what you have on your team the map that you're playing on what's on the other team and how to how to beat them with a composition
1: well and then you get like clutch switches and stuff like that Mm -hmm. where it's like oh man they're holding us down they're holding us down we can't get this point we can't get this point do we want to cheese them switch somebody switch to Bastion real quick Let's see if we yeah. can cheese our way through the front door.
0: Let's, let's why, yeah, let's, let's Reinhardt Bastion right through the middle. See
1: yeah. What happens. Yeah. See what happens because we can try these things, but oh, that didn't happen. All right. Get off Bastion and switch back to Lucio or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is why I don't know. I think for competitive Overwatch, I think that's why I like the structure. And that's why I've watched every single game of the Overwatch World Cup this year. Yeah. Because the World Cup it's it's easy. I live in America. I'm going to root for North for the USA to win. They're yeah. probably not. It's probably either going to be Seoul or Shanghai. Both of them didn't drop a single match in any of their group stages. Yeah. Like it's probably going to be one of those two, but like I'm engaged because I have a team to root for right off the bat and I don't have to make that decision. If you're living in LA, you know, making that decision for which which Overwatch team do I root for is very easy, but not every Overwatch player lives in L.A.
0: Yeah. And and people like us not will. I mean, I'm not saying that like you're you're a bandwagon person or, or that I am, but the natural inclination is um, if if I'm not bound by any team, I'm going to root for the team that's like going to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless it's Robert Kraft's team.
0: Unless it's Robert Kraft's team, and that I just like hope all the balls are deflated and they all go to court.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a it...
0: <sighs> your mouse isn't uh, the PSI's is not high enough on it.
1: Yeah, your mouse is. I, I don't know. Your your sensitivity is a little off. We're getting interference.
0: We're getting interference. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, Patriots fans, but not at all.
1: Yeah, we we respect you because we like watching the game, but we're not sorry at all. Um, yeah, not even a little bit. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be very interesting. Blizzard keeps pushing Overwatch League, and I think they want to. I I think their intentions are good, right? I think Blizzard's intentions are good. They want to bring esports mainstream in a way that hasn't been done before. And there are going to be growing pains. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, six months from now, this whole name and branding thing is just, you know, fading in the rearview mirror. I really, really hope that. I want the Overwatch League to succeed. But at the same time right now, there are just so many questions to be answered. It's really hard to figure out where it's going to go. So, yeah. I don't know. that. That's kind of where I'm at on that. Um, other Overwatch news, there are a ton of nerfs and a ton of buffs. The game's really fun to play right now. It's in between seasons. I highly recommend getting on and trying the uh, team deathmatch mode. The team deathmatch mode is great. Um, it's, it's just good, fun practice. Uh, Mercy is so OP right now from yeah. some of her buffs. But, like, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see where Overwatch League takes things like that. Like, if they drop a patch mid-season and it completely changes things. There's, there's so many things up in the air with Overwatch League.
0: Well, and I just... I still see this kind of problem in Overwatch where... I feel like you have to have, like, Reinhardt and Mercy on your team every time.
1: Nope. Not even a little.
0: And... I don't know. Like, I hope that that's not true. I'm glad that that's not true.
1: It's not a uh, standard okay. standard comp right now is uh, like Winston with Lucio and Zenyatta um, maybe switch Zenyatta out for mercy. Um, but that it, that standard comp with uh, two damage and another tank, usually diva. Um, but and, and damage is going to be rounded out by like Genji or Tracer. Every once in a while, you'll see a Sombra, um, But that is that is where the meta's at right now. So okay. yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. BlizzCon's in a couple months. Uh, it's the first weekend of November, and the Overwatch World Cup will conclude then. So we'll we'll see what happens.
0: So just I, this is just a question I have. So we got blizzcon coming up what do you think is going to happen for world of
1: warcraft um i i can't answer that i've i've been out of the loop on world of warcraft for a year and a half now um i mean i think
0: last expansion right uh
1: uh-huh
0: so it's the second last expansion and i mean like it's the Warlords was supposed to be the last expansion and now uh, Legion is supposed to be the last expansion so are we uh, just do you think we have a third last expansion coming or um, so this, is, this would be the announcement BlizzCon for it if it is
1: so I think there, there's a multitude of things going into WoW the the big thing with WoW is WoW is king right like, it's it's got subscriber numbers. People still pay $15 a month for it. It is the reigning champion of that old-school MMO-style game, right? Yeah. I think the the thing that they could do the most that would shake up everything, piss off a lot of current players, but ultimately in the end be good is like wow needs to shift to free to play oh. but there is there is such a there that there is so much work that would have to go into that that i don't even want to know right i
0: would like to see them go free to play to level 60 um
1: oh i'm surprised they don't have it free to play to level 80 now like or
0: even 80 yeah because they're only in 20 still um
1: yeah, yeah, so free to play is only level like 20, can't join a guild. Um free to can't play oh. to 80
0: that, does that put you through Pandaria?
1: Uh Pandaria was 95, I think. Or no, Pandaria was 90. It was 90. 80 okay, puts so you yeah, so 80 so puts you through Lich King. 80 to 85 is Cataclysm. Cata, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Pandaria was 85 to 90 and then Warlords was 90 to 100.
0: I would like to see...
1: And, like, see that so, here. here's the thing, and here's why I say that. Um, I don't think we're going to get a WoW 2, right? See,
0: I, I don't think we will either.
1: Because, here's the thing, is, like, Destiny is already trying to do that because Destiny, for all intents and purposes, is an MMO, right? Yeah. There are... They, they have dungeons. They call them strikes. They have raids. They have a gear progression system. They have a loot progression system. They have post-game content where you cannot do it unless you meet a certain item requirement as well as a max level character, right? Yeah. Destiny going from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2, everybody is losing their progress. Yeah. And I think there are people like I haven't played WoW in a year and a half. Well, probably closer to two years now. I haven't played WoW in, like, two years, right? My Warlock has over two and a half years of played time, right? Like, I don't think Blizzard is going to kick that hornet's nest and say, we're doing WoW 2 and none of your stuff transfers over.
0: None of your stuff transfers?
1: Yeah, no, people will people crucify them. Yeah, people um, will, rightfully so.
0: Yeah, no, I, and, and, I, and I get that. So... To me, WoW 2 would be similar to Cataclysm, but but bigger. Um, I would like to see them maybe change up. Um, so the way the leveling system works in Legion is that the zone levels with you. So I would like to see them rework the whole world so that the zones level with you.
1: So, so, um, so you're you saying
0: through any zone? basically
1: turn it into Diablo. Yes. I would be okay with that. Um, I think as far as Warcraft is concerned, just Warcraft in general, not necessarily yeah. Wow, Warcraft in yeah. general. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Warcraft 3 remaster around the corner. That's similar cool. to how they did StarCraft remastered.
0: That's what I would
1: like to see. Um, I don't think it'll be Warcraft Four. I don't think that's coming anytime soon because there's just too much invested in WoW, and the story for WoW has progressed so beyond that linear story from yeah, yeah. War Three that they can't they cannot afford to go back to a turn-based strategy from a lore perspective. Um, yeah. But I I would think maybe maybe I don't know I don't know BlizzCon's gonna be so weird this year because I could either see them it's either going to be War 3 remastered or it's gonna be Diablo 2 remastered yeah and like I think Diablo 2 because it's older has a lot more work to be put into it which I mean Blizzard's gonna get to eventually I think War 3 remastered is gonna come first
0: yeah I would think so too I mean it doesn't need that much
1: no it, it needs the least amount of work.
0: Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Up, update models, 4K monitor support. That's it. 5.1 s- sound remaster. That's all you need.
0: Yeah. Oh, the music for that game is so good.
1: I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much for contributing this week, Dylan. I think we brought some good insight. I hope, at least. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at ner podcast um we are hosted on rogues portal as well so be sure and swing by rogues check out all the great stuff that we have going up there dylan do you have any parting words of wisdom you would like to drop
0: oh, just don't be a troll alright be be friendly and uh just anybody who's out down there gaming in hurricane harvey i just i wish you the best of luck stay dry help your neighbors um and i hope you're safe
1: speaking of hurricane harvey thank you for reminding me i am so glad that you said that um if you guys have an opportunity this weekend um games done quick is running a special charity event for the houston food drive to support victims of hurricane harvey um it is running from friday night at 8 p.m pacific to sunday night at 8 p.m pacific So it's only two days. It's not like a full games done quick weekly marathon, but I highly recommend that you support them, watch their stream, donate. They're very, very good about raising money for causes and giving that money to the right people. Uh, they announced this event before they had a charity picked because they wanted to make sure that the money was getting where it needed to go. Um, if you are in Houston, please, please, please be safe. Like, One more turn in Hearthstone is not worth it. It's just a game. Please take care of yourselves. And on that note, we are going to end the show with our mantra, which is gaming is a hobby. A lot of us do this for fun. So always remember to be kind to your fellow gamers. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great week.